0: Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdrafts up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. This Washington Post Live podcast is sponsored by Comcast NBC Universal. Since 2011, their Internet Essentials program has connected more than 8 million low-income Americans to low-cost, high-speed Internet at home.
1: You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. With the closure of K-12 schools,
0: remote learning, and calls for social distance, millions of American students are learning, living, and playing almost exclusively online. Yet there remain critical hurdles to access and adoption of internet solutions for many American households. In this segment, Representative Donna Shalala and Representative Kathy McMorris-Rogers join The Washington Post
2: to discuss the digital divide. Good morning. I'm Eugene Scott, a political reporter with The Washington Post, and welcome to Washington Post Live. This morning, we're discussing confronting America's digital divide. We're going to have a conversation with two phenomenal congresswomen discussing the digital gap during a global pandemic between many of the haves and have-nots in our country's education system. My first guests are two leading congresswomen on this issue, Kathy McMorris-Rogers from the state of Washington and Donna Shalala from Florida. Good morning.
3: Good morning.
2: Good morning. First, can we actually define what the digital divide is? Many people hear that term but have no idea uh, what that means. Uh, If you could share first, McMorris Rogers, how you define that phrase. Sure.
0: Uh, Well, and and thank you for highlighting this. I, I believe that closing the digital divide must be a top priority. I come from a district in Eastern Washington that is centered around the city of Spokane. But then in the outlining areas, I have many remote rural areas where there is still no coverage, uh, uh, little coverage. I define the rural divide or the, the, the digital divide, I should say, the digital divide, because it's beyond rural. It's underserved communities. It's rural, remote communities, individuals and communities that do not have an Internet connection, do not have broadband services. Uh, some areas are still dependent upon dial up. Some have nothing, but then others have very little. It, it doesn't meet the needs for education, for telehealth, for growing an economy, and that is the digital divide, as I would as I would explain it.
2: And Congresswoman Shalala?
3: it's really a gap between the haves and the have-nots. Those that have access to the internet and uh, can afford it uh, for their kids, for their families, and those that don't, and it's both rural areas in our country and I have family in North Dakota, so I'm well aware of the rural challenges, but the urban challenges are three times as large. And we've done a lot of things for the rural uh, areas, not enough in my judgment, but boy, we have to take on urban areas uh, in our country because that's where large numbers of people don't have access to the digital divide. And, And the county that I represent has the third highest percentage of households without an internet subscription. That gives you some sense of uh, the challenges.
2: Indeed. And so we have an idea uh, about the digital divide when it comes to urban and rural um, and and in other ways, perhaps, uh, that it exists in this country. But Congresswoman uh, McMorris-Rogers, can you talk a bit about how it maybe disproportionately affects uh, people of color and low-income citizens?
0: Sure. Well, I think think, uh, what we're seeing is that you have this, this gap, uh, this opportunity gap that is being um, height, heightened right now during COVID around digital connection. And whether it may be people of color or low income, uh, people who live rural, I feel this, this opportunity gap is widening. And I, I heard about this before COVID uh, that kids needed an internet connection in order to do their homework. And more and more of our schooling. Our education is online and homework is done online. And so it is critical that kids have that internet connection. And yet they were having to go to a hotspot in, you know, near the school or at McDonald's or whatever it may be. And and then COVID hit. I have three young kids. So I have lived the reality of having kids at home. And, and even with an internet connection, there was more of a burden on our household. And, and trying to manage all of that, uh, we're seeing where... The, the educational uh, opportunity divide is widening and it's heartbreaking because education is so foundational to an opportunity for a better life and so if kids do not have access to the internet if they do not have access and then they right now they do not have access to virtual school and staying on track with their with their schooling and their education so this is this is foundational to an opportunity for a better life
2: that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry.
3: We had a wonderful colleague that died recently, Representative John Lewis, and he said that access to the Internet is the civil rights issue of the 21st century. He saw it as fundamental uh, to closing the gap, not only between rich and poor and rural and urban areas, but between minorities, low-income minorities and and uh, the rest of the population. So think of it that way as fundamental to bringing our country together and having quality education and quality health care.
2: Congresswoman Shalala, can you speak to how that divide also exists in higher education? We know that before you were in Congress, you were president of uh, a couple of colleges. And so we, we know that this is not something that is unique to K through 12.
3: Yeah. You know, everybody thinks that uh, free tuition solves the problem of higher education for low-income students. It does not, because there are so many other things that you need. As faculty members increasingly put everything online, um, I certainly did it as a professor because I wanted to reduce the cost of books, but students, college students, also needed access to laptops. and. and access to the internet, to high-speed internet. And while we may have had that in the dormitories, access to good laptops, I, I can't tell you how many students, I personally bought laptops for, yeah. their laptops were stolen or broken, they couldn't finish their homework, and you know I personally went and, and got them laptops. And all the universities I was at um, kept a storage uh, bin of them because They wanted to make sure that every student had all of the things that they needed um, to have a good education. So we have to think about not only access to schooling, but what students need to be successful there. And clearly, um, access to the Internet and to the equipment to hook up to the Internet uh, is critical. And by the way, this is so bipartisan.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It
3: is.
2: Uh, Congresswoman McMorris rogers another thing to think about here uh, is the FCC. Uh, we know that you have been critical of the FCC uh, for not meeting the broadband needs of rural communities. Is there anything that can be done to fix that?
0: Yes, um, yes. I, I'm really, I'm really encouraged that just this year uh, we passed bipartisan legislation in the House, uh, signed um, by the the president in March, that will. Update our maps, and as uh, Donna just said, this was this is a bipartisan issue. This is, there is a recognition that this is so important to to our country, to America, to our future. Uh, um, closing the digital divide is is it may be our number one priority because it it impacts education, it impacts students, healthcare, telehealth, our economy, and economic future. But uh, the legislation that we passed uh, will update the maps. So we have been spending billions of dollars in, through the FCC and through USDA Rural, rural Development. And these maps were, were used to determine the priority areas for funding, where the greatest needs were, whether it was in Donna's uh, area that may be more urban or in rural remote areas. And yet the maps were not accurate. We, so in my district, I, the largest city is Spokane. The map showed 100% of Spokane County covered. You go 15, 20 miles south of Spokane, they have no, nothing. They do not have a wireless connection. They do not have broadband. They have nothing. You go north, and it showed 97% of Ferry County. Ferry County is probably, it's more accurate that it's 3% covered, just the opposite. And, and so these updating these maps is, a, is an important first step because we... The federal government has been making a a big investment, but we need to make sure that it is smart and that it is uh, strategic. So I think uh, this legislation was an important step in the right direction and really pleased that we were able to come together and get it done.
3: And the FCC, uh, to give them some credit, uh, they recently um, did the health uh, uh, care support program uh, for uh, rural hospitals. We need to do a lot more for individuals and, you know, um, Kathy, there's a lot of money in the E-rate program, and mm-hmm. um, about two billion dollars, I think, uh, sitting over there at the FCC. And we ought to be using it to get to individuals. What we're yes. talking about now is not institutions, but individuals and mm-hmm. getting it to individual mm-hmm. families so the kids have access.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That's an well, important point. We 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 made a we we really
0: had focused on making sure like. Uh, the money that we put into fiber, we were laying it to the institutions, so hospitals and and schools and libraries. Uh, but now it is it really is the individuals and families. And a lot of people refer to it as the last mile, how we get it to uh, the home, no matter where that
3: person may live. And if you think about it as a fundamental right, the way John Lewis did mm-hmm. um, and you know that the whole country is for it. Um, this has to be one of our priorities. We've got to make sure it's a way of closing gaps. These disparities that we keep talking about. So I couldn't be more enthusiastic about this as a strategy, uh, to close so many of our educational gaps, not all of them, but if you don't have access and a lot of this is affordability, um, all the studies show that it's affordability issue, not just infrastructure. Um, but really an affordability issue. And Representative Clyburn had a bill um, and we put it in the Heroes, uh, with the Heroes Act. Um, But, um, you know, we need uh, need to make it affordable as well for families. And I know, you know, one of the problems the FCC has is they've been focused on, this system was originally set up for telephones, not for cable or uh, the other parts of the internet. So... We need to force them to think about the 21st century and think about individuals and individual families.
2: I guess my next question is, if closing the gap is a priority for so many Americans, and it's also a bipartisan issue, as you both mentioned, what is keeping uh, Congress from making progress in this area, given that so many people seem to be invested in it?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think think we, we are making progress. Uh, So I think it's important to recognize the investments that have been made, both by the federal government, as I just mentioned, in uh, big investments to make sure that institutions, the hospitals, the the libraries, the schools had that basic fiber. Um, I also think that the work that we've done around mapping is really important. But part of it, at least in my district, it is having the technology uh, to be able to reach that, that final mile. So I have, I'm really excited about some new technology, innovative technology using white spaces, for example, TV white spaces. Microsoft has a pilot project right now in one of the re- most remote uh, regions of my, my district to, to u- be able to use transmit that signal using TV white spaces. So when I was a kid, we had three stations, two, four, and six, and, and sometimes it would get a little fuzzy. With today's technology, you can send those sig- signals clear, more, more clearly and and be able to utilize the, the space in between those TV stations. so I, I'm really excited and I have uh, worked and, and pushed the FCC to to be able to use this kind of technology. so some of it is uh, making sure that we are uh, embracing the, the new, the new um, ways. To deliver the signal because lane fiber uh, is 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 part of basic. I think that's part of basic infrastructure anymore. It's 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 uh, anal- it's uh, the same as uh, the importance of electricity. Um, I believe that 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 fiber is so important, but there are regions I know in my district where lane fiber c- today is cost prohibitive, and so this new technology will will help in ways. That we also need to be exploring. You know, Comcast has a program.
3: Yeah, Comcast no, please, has ahead. a program to launch over a thousand Wi-Fi connected uh lift zones and community centers nationwide. And um the Miami Heat here is uh the first uh, uh South Florida organization to to join um Uh, this effort. Uh, The service is free for some eligible low-income households, and others can pay as low as $9.95 a month. So we need more of that um, uh, to help, and we need to cover the country. This is doable in the next year or so. We just have to make sure that everybody sees the connection between this and what we're going through in terms of the pandemic, because it really is connected.
2: Great. Uh, as you two know, uh, we have an election coming up in less than five weeks. And, and I would love to hear your thoughts on uh, why you believe with a certain candidate, be it President Trump or Joe Biden, it's best equipped uh, to address this issue of the digital divide.
3: I actually think Kathy and I are the best candidates to uh, address <laughs> this. <laughs> That's great, Donna. We've got, to, we've got to elect people from both parties who are committed and understand how central this is to closing a lot of these disparities gap da- gaps and providing opportunity in our country. Um, you know, I, I know Joe Biden is deeply committed to doing this within a short period of time, but I want to make it very clear that this has to be bipartisan. We've got to put that kind of energy behind this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, 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 um, I appreciate what Donna had to say. In my, from my perspective, this is an important part of America. America winning the future, and uh, we just passed out of the Energy and Commerce Committee a package of bills around emerging technology. And as I, as I think about some of these issues, these are not Republican or Democrat issues. These really are about America, and it's about America's future and making sure that everyone. That is uh, given that opportunity for a better life, that no one's left behind, and I I know that um my, my heart's broken. Uh, my my son at the end of the school year, he's in seventh grade, and we turned in all of his material for school, and and his school was telling us that 30, 35 percent of the kids did nothing, and and as I talk to schools in Eastern Washington, part of that part of that big challenge is the internet connection, and so I think uh, winning the race to five G is is really important it's important to our economy it's important to our our children that next generation it's important to our national security um i just introduced some legislation that would uh, do an inventory of spectrum that is currently within the federal government so that we can get a better handle on what's available and how it's being used so that we can be smarter about how we deploy and make sure that we are not leaving anyone behind that we are closing this digital divide once and for all and I, I finally, I would also just say that I think this is a public-private, it's going to take the public sector and the private sector. And I appreciated Donna pointing out what Comcast has done. Actually, 800 companies during this pandemic signed the FCC's Keep America Connected uh, plan for this summer and, and going into the fall, a commitment to step up and, and make sure that no one was, was being cut off during this pandemic. And that's the kind of All hands on deck approach that we need to have.
2: Well, Congresswoman McMorris Rogers and Congresswoman Shalala, I so appreciate you taking time out of your day to speak with us and share with our viewers your thoughts on this very, very important issue.
0: Thank you for highlighting it. Uh, Good to be with you and good to be with uh, you too, Donna.
3: You too, Kathy. Uh, Thank you very much. This is really important.
2: You all have a great day.
1: Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at Washingtonpostlive.com. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad, because with chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to 200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts, or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals 24. That's Chime.com goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress.